Chapter Fourteen of Astoria or Anecdotes of an Enterprise Beyond the Rocky Mountains by Washington Irving. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. St. Louis, its situation, motley population, French Creole traders and their dependents, Missouri Fur Company, Mr. Manuel Lisa, Mississippi Boatmen, Vagrant Indians, Kentucky Hunters, Old French Mansion, Fiddling, Billiards. Mr. Joseph Miller, his character, recruits, voyage up the Missouri, difficulties of the river, merits of Canadian voyageurs, arrival at the Nodawa, Mr. Robert McClellan joins the party, John Day, a Virginia hunter, description of him, Mr. Hunt returns to St. Louis. St. Louis, which is situated on the right bank of the Mississippi River, a few miles below the mouth of the Missouri, was at that time a frontier settlement, and the last fitting-out place for the Indian trade of the Southwest. It possessed a motley population, composed of the Creole descendants of the original French colonists, the keen traders from the Atlantic states, the backwoodsmen of Kentucky and Tennessee, the Indians and half-breeds of the prairies, together with a singular aquatic race that had grown up from the navigation of the rivers, the boatmen of the Mississippi, who possessed habits, manners, and almost a language peculiarly their own, and strongly technical. They at that time were extremely numerous, and conducted the chief navigation and commerce of the Ohio and the Mississippi, as the voyageurs did of the Canadian waters. But like them, their consequence and characteristics are rapidly vanishing before the all-pervading intrusion of steamboats, the old French houses, engaged in the Indian trade, had gathered round them a train of dependents, mongrel Indians and mongrel Frenchmen, who had intermarried with Indians. These they employed in their various expeditions by land and water. Various individuals of other countries had, of late years, pushed the trade further into the interior, to the upper waters of the Missouri, and had swelled the number of these hangers-on several of these traders had two or three years previously formed themselves into a company composed of twelve partners with a capital of about forty thousand dollars called the missouri fur company the object of which was to establish posts along the upper part of that river and monopolize the trade the leading partner of this company was mr manuel lisa a spaniard by birth and a man of bold and enterprising character who had ascended the missouri almost to its source and made himself well acquainted and popular with several of its tribes by his exertions trading posts had been established in eighteen o eight in the sioux country and among the Eurikra and mandan tribes and a principal one under mr henry one of the partners at the forks of the missouri this company had in its employ about two hundred and fifty men partly american and partly creole voyageurs all these circumstances combined to produce a population at st louis even still more motley than that at mackinaw here were to be seen about the river banks the hectoring extravagant bragging boatmen of the mississippi with the gay grimacing singing good-humoured canadian voyageurs vagrant indians of various tribes loitered about the streets now and then a stark kentucky hunter in leathern hunting-dress with rifle on shoulder and knife in belt strode along here and there were new brick houses and shops just set up by bustling driving and eager men of traffic from the atlantic states while on the other hand the old french mansions with open casements still retained the easy indolent air of the original colonists 
and now and then the scraping of a fiddle a strain of an ancient french song or the sound of billiard-balls showed that the happy gallic turn for gaiety and amusement still lingered about the place such was st louis at the time of mr hunt's arrival there and the appearance of a new fur company with ample funds at its command produced a strong sensation among the traders of the place and awakened keen jealousy and opposition on the part of the missouri company mr hunt proceeded to strengthen himself against all competition for this purpose he secured to the interests of the association another of those enterprising men who had been engaged in individual traffic with the tribes of the missouri this was a mr joseph miller a gentleman well educated and well informed and of a respectable family of baltimore he had been an officer in the army of the united states but had resigned in disgust on being refused a furlough and had taken to trapping beaver and trading among the indians he was easily induced by mr hunt to join as a partner and was considered by him on account of his education and acquirements and his experience in indian trade a valuable addition to the company several additional men were likewise enlisted at st louis some as boatmen and others as hunters these last were engaged not merely to kill game for provisions but also and indeed chiefly to trap beaver and other animals of rich furs valuable in the trade they enlisted on different terms some were to have a fixed salary of three hundred dollars others were to be fitted out and maintained at the expense of the company and were to hunt and trap on shares as mr hunt met with much opposition on the part of rival traders especially the missouri fur company it took him some weeks to complete his preparations the delays which he had previously experienced at montreal mackinaw and on the way added to those at st louis had thrown him much behind his original calculations so that it would be impossible to effect his voyage up the missouri in the present year this river flowing from high and cold latitudes and through wide and open plains exposed to chilling blasts freezes early the winter may be dated from the first of november there was every prospect therefore that it would be closed with ice long before mr hunt could reach its upper waters to avoid however the expense of wintering at st louis he determined to push up the river as far as possible to some point above the settlements where game was plenty and where his whole party could be subsisted by hunting until the breaking up of the ice in the spring should permit them to resume their voyage accordingly on the twenty first of october he took his departure from st louis his party was distributed in three boats one was the barge which he had brought from mackinaw another was of a larger size such as was formerly used in navigating the mohawk river and known by the generic name of the schenectady barge the other was a large keel boat at that time the grand conveyance of the mississippi in this way they set out from st louis in buoyant spirits and soon arrived at the mouth of the missouri this vast river three thousand miles in length and which with its tributary streams drains such an immense extent of country was as yet but casually and imperfectly navigated by the adventurous bark of the fur trader a steamboat had never yet stemmed its turbulent current sails were but of casual assistance for it required a strong wind to conquer the force of the stream the main dependence was on bodily strength and manual dexterity the boats in general had to be propelled by oars and setting poles or drawn by the hand and grappling hooks from one root or overhanging tree to another or towed by the long cordel or towing line 
where the shores were sufficiently clear of woods and thickets to permit the men to pass along the banks during this slow and tedious progress the boat would be exposed to frequent danger from floating trees and great masses of driftwood or to be impaled upon snags and sawyers that is to say sunken trees presenting a jagged or pointed end above the surface of the water as the channel of the river frequently shifted from side to side according to the bends and sandbanks the boat had in the same way to advance in a zigzag course often a part of the crew would have to leap into the water at the shallows and wade along with the towing line while their comrades on board toyfully assisted with oar and setting pole sometimes the boat would seem to be retained motionless as if spellbound opposite some point round which the current set with violence and where the utmost labour scarce affected any visible progress on these occasions it was that the merits of the canadian voyageurs came into full action patient of toil not to be disheartened by impediments and disappointments fertile in expedients and versed in every mode of humouring and conquering the wayward current they would ply every exertion sometimes in the boat sometimes on shore sometimes in the water however cold always alert always in good humour and should they at any time flag or grow weary one of their popular songs chanted by a veteran oarsman and responded to in chorus acted as a never-failing restorative by such assiduous and persevering labor they made their way about four hundred and fifty miles up the missouri by the sixteenth of november to the mouth of the nodawa as this was a good hunting country and as the season was rapidly advancing they determined to establish their winter quarters at this place and in fact two days after they had come to a halt the river closed just above their encampment the party had not been long at this place when they were joined by mr robert mcclellan another trader of the missouri the same who had been associated with mr crooks in the unfortunate expedition in which they had been intercepted by the sioux indians and obliged to make a rapid retreat down the river mcclellan was a remarkable man he had been a partisan under general wayne in his indian wars where he had distinguished himself by his fiery spirit and reckless daring and marvellous stories were told of his exploits his appearance answered to his character his frame was meagre but muscular showing strength activity and iron firmness his eyes were dark deep-set and piercing he was restless fearless but of impetuous and sometimes ungovernable temper he had been invited by mr hunt to enroll himself as a partner and gladly consented being pleased with the thoughts of passing with a powerful force through the country of the sioux and perhaps having an opportunity of revenging himself upon that lawless tribe for their past offences another recruit that joined the camp at nodawa deserves equal mention this was john day a hunter from the backwoods of virginia who had been several years on the missouri in the service of mr crooks and of other traders he was about forty years of age six feet two inches high straight as an indian with an elastic step as if he trod on springs and a handsome open manly countenance it was his boast that in his younger days nothing could hurt or daunt him but he had lived too fast and injured his constitution by his excesses still he was strong of hand bold of heart a prime woodman and an almost unerring shot he had the frank spirit of a virginian and the rough heroism of a pioneer of the west 
the party were now brought to a halt for several months they were in a country abounding with deer and wild turkeys so that there was no stint of provisions and every one appeared cheerful and contented mr hunt determined to avail himself of this interval to return to st louis and obtain a reinforcement he wished to procure an interpreter acquainted with the language of the sioux as from all accounts he apprehended difficulties in passing through the country of that nation he felt the necessity also of having a greater number of hunters not merely to keep up a supply of provisions throughout their long and arduous expedition but also as a protection and defence in case of indian hostilities for such service the canadian voyageurs were little to be depended upon fighting not being a part of their profession the proper kind of men were american hunters experienced in savage life and savage warfare and possessed of the true game spirit of the west leaving therefore the encampment in charge of the other partners mr hunt set off on foot on the first of january eighteen ten for st louis he was accompanied by eight men as far as fort osage about one hundred and fifty miles below nodawa here he procured a couple of horses and proceeded on the remainder of his journey with two men sending the other six back to the encampment he arrived at st louis on the twentieth of january End of chapter fourteen